Good morning. I am Latoya Jenis Lopez, and I will be your moderator for this episode of Stats and Stories. Let me share a little about myself. I am the director of the Community Partnership School at Higher Bishop Middle in Gainesville, Florida. Go Gators! <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar with the term community partnership, we provide services to support the entire family, and we're using the University of Central Florida model to structure those services. The UCF model uses four pillars, which is collaborative leadership, expanded learning, wellness support, and family and community engagement. If you remember the old saying, it takes a village, it truly does. I have four core partners, the University of Florida, Santa Fe College, the School Board of Alachua County, the Alachua County Department of Health, and the nonprofit I work for, Children Home Society. We make up the collaborative leadership. We're going into year three of our program, and I'm so excited to watch the growth and to just be a part of this amazing opportunity. For example, being a part of Stats and Story. This relationship took place because we have a program called Change Makers, which is through the University of Florida, and it works with our after-school program. So enough about me, and let's go ahead and get started. So again, I am Latoya Jenis Lopez. Stats and Story is a production of Miami University Department of Statistic and Media, Journalism and Film, as well as the American Statistical Association. Joining me are our regular panelists, John Baylor, Chair of Miami Statistic Department, and Wendy Martinez, the President of the American Statistical Association and also the Director of the Math Statistic Research Center at the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We also have joining the panel this morning is Elena Palmer, who is an eighth grader at Howard Bishop Middle School. She is also the captain of the cheerleading team. And Colin Dunmore, who is a seventh grader at Howard Bishop Middle School. And Colin plays football, basketball, and baseball. He is quite the athlete. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Good. John and Wendy, how are you? Just wonderful. I'm doing well, thank you. I'm really excited about the show today because we get to talk about statistics and data. And so two of our panelists this morning, um, the students at Higher Bishop Middle School um, has also been excited because they've been learning about data and statistics during the after school program. So let's start with you guys. So Colin, let me ask you, how do you connect data to your everyday life? Uh, well, I can connect it with school, uh, with my grades and all those other things. Um, with the test, you average them out, and then that's your overall grade, and that's also data. Okay, good. And Elena, how do you connect data to your daily practice? Like, when I'm, I guess, like, when I'm picking out clothes to wear or, like, stuff to eat. So even we talk about, like, your favorite restaurant, like, how do you know that's your favorite restaurant? Because you've compared it to what? Other restaurants that I go to. All right, so that's another way. So I know we talked about that. And I know we in our conversation that we had about data and how to use data, you guys had some questions as well. So we're gonna let, at this time, we'll start with you, Colin, and you can just um, talk to the panel about some of the questions you had about how data is important and how you can use data, especially being in um, middle school. Mr. John? Yes, sir. Um, how, how do you guys find the data of different races when it comes to the coronavirus? Like, how did you know that a certain amount of black people or a certain amount of um, Caucasian people or any race have 
more corona or less corona than all the other races? Wow, that's a that's a really important question, Colin. I mean, I think that anytime you're going to study study disease and study things like uh, race, racial, ethnic disparity and disease, you have to to make sure that you you you're very careful in how you collect the information, and then how you track it. Uh, you know, you're starting with with probably the the uh, a, a life changing, unprecedented event. I mean, uh, you all of us are living through something we've never seen before. And we're not even sure how we're going to be met, how how it's going to play out. So I, I guess, you know, you're you're asking about some of the disparities that have been seen in terms of the, the fatality rates. You know, how many people are dying given given the disease? And there's so one of the some I, I'm not an expert in this by any stretch. I'm not, I've looked at some of the I've looked at some of the data and some of the summaries, which are suggesting that there's some racial disparity in terms of these these case fatality rates. I think part of it is just to make sure that that you you look very carefully and you record the kind of data about who's getting it, how they're getting it, what's the context in which they're getting these these things. And so I think that that what to, to be able to understand this is for at one level the description is to say what's the data look like, how and make sure you measure it carefully. And then once you've done that, what are some of the causes that might explain what what's being observed? Does that does that respond? Yes, sir, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Wendy, you want to join in? I, I, so Wendy, he started with a really hard question for me. Wendy. I don't, I don't think this is fair, Colin. I think you were just picking on me. Right, no, so, I, I can't tell you how happy I am that he asked you that question. <laughs> man, I'm just thinking. Oh, I was waiting for that softball question. He starts with one, you know, really hard. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I guess I think that. Um, one of the problems with trying to deal with something like the, the COVID-19 is that you know we're right in the midst of the crisis and it's really hard to think about what types of variables we should be measuring or characteristics like the demographic characteristics like race and you know other i don't know maybe income uh and so forth and so i think it's and i guess i'm i imagine the the healthcare providers are so busy just trying to save lives that you know they don't think about these things so i guess we'll have to see later after it's done or i guess kind of slows down a little bit uh and hopefully we'll have the right um data information so we could answer some of those questions but i, I think it's pretty difficult to do it while while everything is going on but it is really important because you know we need to make sure that everybody's um taken care of so but that's a really good a really good question okay well, yeah, and, uh, and so have have you guys studied? Uh, did you study taking samples in your classes? Yeah, in science, you did the studies when you got into those groups, and then you had to take make the subgroup take the samples of each group when y'all was uh, in the like taking surveys. So that's that's a real that's a real interesting challenge right now with with COVID because people are saying, well, you know, what percentage of of the population is positive? And we've not done any kind of we're not taking a sample from the population yet and testing that sample. And there are some some colleagues of ours that have called for that, that that's something that we need to do. If we really want to understand kind of how common this is, we need to understand that. And so so part of it is, I mean, this is something that, that Wendy's shop does a lot of, is is doing these these very important kinds of design surveys where they they're very careful about how they, they define a population, how they take information, how they sample from that population, and then ultimately making conclusions from it. And that's something that I think is still still mm. being being done right now with, with this pandemic. 
Really good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, John and Wendy. Uh, Malena, you have a question? Uh, yes, ma'am. So when I get out of high school and go off to college, I want to be a traveling nurse. I was wondering what type of data would I need to compare to being a stationed nurse in a hospital or a traveling nurse? So I guess I would um, like to do a little plug for the, um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics because uh, so we collect data on um, a lot of things related to uh, job opportunities, employment, and in fact, the, the monthly um, uh, unemployment report, employment report that comes out, we, we do that. Um, but the reason why I'm, I'm going into all that, Elena, is because the Bureau of Labor Statistics publishes something called the Occupational Outlook Handbook. And Latoya, you might want to take a look at that for your students because um, it's it's a fantastic resource. Um, it has information about all different types of um, occupations you might have, and it tells you about what uh, education requirements there are, what's the job outlook for that, say, 10 years from now. Um, gosh. I don't know, maybe what types of tasks you might expect to do. I'm trying to remember, so hopefully I'm right. <laughs> uh, but that's a great resource, whether you're a student or uh, even later in life and you're looking to you know, change your career. So um, I would uh, look at that. And of course, you always want to know what's the, what wages could I expect? You know, so what, um, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has information on that too about wages for different occupations, depending on uh, what state it is too, because you might want to know, well, maybe I want to move to you know, California or something and you want to know what's the job outlook there. Okay, I guess I talked enough. Go ahead, John. <laughs> okay, no, 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 thanks, Wendy. Uh, well, so, so you were asking about nursing and I, I guess in full disclosure, my, my, uh, my wife's a nurse, so she does a lot, so this is her world. But, but maybe even a more important disclosure is, so Wendy did a plug for, the, for, for BLS and some of that. I'm, I'm a, the president of the International Statistical Institute this year. And one thing that we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be part of a, a number of groups that are celebrating the 200th anniversary of the birth of Florence Nightingale. Have, have, have you heard of her? Uh, no, sir. Okay, so she's, she is uh, credited with, with kind of being the, founding the first school of nursing in the world. And one of the things that she did was she used data to look at, at why people were dying. So with, with such high per percentages in hospitals. So this is in the, the, you know, we're talking in the, you know, during the 1800s and this was during the, the, the you know, wars that were occurring there that the British were participating in and, and it was just horrible sanitation conditions. And she looked at, kind of the, the data comparing before and after when they started doing sanitation. So, so data has been part of the practice of nursing from the start of it as a, as a recognized profession. So, so you as a, as a nurse, as someone who's gonna be there, you're gonna be looking at evidence-based practice. What's the best things that you can do in caring for patients to lead to the best outcomes for them? So regardless of what, what kind of practice of nursing you do, you're gonna be using data to help inform you about how to best take care of your patients. Thank you. All right. Did I answer your question, Elena? Yes, ma'am. So um, we have any more questions out there? Colin, do you have another question? Um, Miss Wendy, when did you know when you when did you know you wanted to do your job, your profession? 
that is a really good question. Thank you. Um, I've, I've come to realize that I don't think there's a, real, a really typical path to becoming a statistician. And in fact, uh, some of the people I would consider to be famous statisticians came at it from, you know, whether they were engineers or economists or physicists, uh, different, different types of professions. Um, when I was when I was your age, I guess I wanted to be an astronaut, <laughs> which is why I like your background call. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, at various times, I wanted to be an archaeologist or a historian. Uh, then I figured there wasn't, there probably wouldn't be enough, you know, like a really good job as being a historian. So I um, got into um, engineer. Well, I wanted to be an engineer too. Uh, but that didn't happen. So anyway, I ended up uh, working for the Navy. Uh, oh, funnily and interestingly enough, I guess I did have uh, a job as an engineer with the Navy. And uh, my office mate, he was going to George Mason University and he convinced me to work in computational statistics. So I'm sorry, that was kind of a long answer <laughs> for, for how I got here today, but, but it's kind of a, a uh, twisty path, I guess, to, to where I am, which I think happens happens to a, a lot of us. So uh, there's really no right way to, to do things, I don't think. And we just um, take the road as it, as it leads us and then we, we get to where we are. But I'm very happy as a statistician because it gives us a chance to work in many different areas um, and to do cool things with data. Yeah. Can so can I can I be bold enough to answer the same question? Is that okay? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I think you know when I go back in time and and think about where I when I was your the age of you two, I I just I like math and I like science. I don't know that I knew what I wanted to do, and I when I went to college I was a I was pre med. That's what I thought I was going to be, in, and I thought that's what I wanted to do because that's what you did if you were good at science. Because I didn't want to be, if you're good at math, I was told, yeah, you got to go into accounting, you got to go into, or engineering. And I wasn't sure I wanted to do either of those. So I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do pre-med. But one of the, you know, the, back when I was, was, your, was your age, we, we didn't have, we didn't talk a lot about data and statistics. I mean, I think that you, you two are, are getting exposed to, to topics much earlier than we did. So I think that, that, there's going to be a, there is now a generation of students that are starting to think about statistics as a career and as a path. Statistics or data science is often the, the kind of paths that people think about. For me, it was when I was I still was taking a lot of math classes because I liked it, and then I finally took a regression class where you were trying to to predict things. You were trying to model input and look at output, and I thought, oh, this is so cool. And okay. that's that was kind of when I got hooked. And it, but but you know what? It was just I like math, I like science, and I thought, how can I? What, where's the place where I can can do both? And statistics has proven to be a great place to do it. And I get to meet really cool people like you guys. So it's been a great job for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I I was somewhat similar because I was really good at math in high school, and uh, uh, and so when I when I worked on my undergraduate degree, I. I did want to be an engineer, but the school didn't have an engineering program. So I did a double major in math and physics, thinking that would be the closest thing. And um, then I, I ended, I, I did go to NASA Langley Research Center, but not as an astronaut, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, 
and you know, I did I did uh, get a degree in engineering there, and then finally became a statistician. So. That's, that's an interesting statement that you said earlier, John, about data really wasn't talked about because it wasn't talked about when I was in middle school either. But um, like I feel recently, like in the last five years, even in my profession, I'm hearing more about it. I mean, we've already kind of talked about data and education, but like in other fields, I'm noticing that they're constantly now saying, look at the data for this, looking for the data. Um, so I have a question to pose to the group. Do you guys feel like because of social media? now that we're kind of more hearing about it more than we normally would have if we didn't have social media? I guess I think so. I mean, I'm not, I don't do too much on social media, but just the fact that people are communicating, uh, you know, there's this flow of information that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's something to, to say about, that. I think you're right, yeah. So I, you know, I, like a lot of, like a lot of professors, I'll answer the question I want to answer, not the one you asked. No, no, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I, no, I'll answer the one you, you asked. So when you talk about social media, I'm also thinking generally about just the use of just just the internet and the, you know, even doing what we're doing now, recording this this all remotely. The tools that to to be able to to interact with data are so much better, and we're generating data in different forms and in different types. You know, so so you know your social media account is is creating a whole path of use you know what you what you like what you dislike what you what you follow is suggesting some characteristics about you that's information that can be understood and analyzed the tools are so much better now so you know you all are so so elena and colin do you, have you ever used a computer yes sir do you know you know when, when was the first time you used a computer how you know how old were you when you first used a computer five maybe kindergarten yeah <laughs> kindergarten five okay how about you wendy when was when was first time you used one i would say i was in my 20s maybe i yeah i think i i might have been i might have been 19. it might have been 19 when i saw it and you know it was awful i mean it was we were using cards it was nasty you, you know you'd make a mistake and you'd find out about it 45 minutes later if you were lucky I mean, it's, it's just a, you know, this was back when the, of course, this is when the earth was cooling, but, but you know, the, the, we're, you know, we, we were, it's just so much more fun to do this kind of stuff. Now it's, we have these tools that we can use that generate a lot of data, like you were asking, but also that there's so much, so many neat tools and opportunities to analyze these data now. Yeah. And that's a good point. It was fun. Now it's fun, but back then it was it was like work. They used the clunky computer and their orangey type of screen that made your hair if you looked at it too long. Now you have cool graphics like um Colin's background. Um so Elena, you have a question for the panel? Um what was you guys' favorite subject in high school and middle school? When do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I I it's hard for me to remember back then. <laughs> Uh, I guess it was, uh, I really liked social studies. Um, and, and of course I liked the, the math classes too. Uh, yeah, so I guess I would say social studies, history, and math. Yeah, I, so I'm gonna say outside of math and science, cause I, I sort of hinted that those were things that I really liked. I, I, I really liked history and anthro, I liked anthropology and archeology. span You know, we took some classes like that. I, I liked literature, I, I loved to read. So for me, the, 
you know, I liked, I liked reading things that were, were interesting and, and I would learn from. So I, you know, I, I liked, I mean, I, I liked a lot of school, especially the summer months, but, um, you know, but, I, <laughs> but I, I think a lot of the subjects I, 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 I enjoyed, but I would say some of the social sciences as well. Okay. Colin, you have a question for the panel? Uh, what is your favorite part of your job? Like the parts that you look forward to the most? I think it's interviews with middle school students. Because, <laughs> I mean, what could be better than that? You know, uh, I, I mean, I, I, love, I love being able to work in lots of different kinds of problems. I mean, I, I get to, there, there was a, a quote from a very famous statistician that the best part of being a st statistician is that you get to play in everybody's backyard. That's, and, and you know, that's a paraphrasing of a, of a John Tukey quote. And, and I really do like that. I mean, I've, I, I work with people and, and gosh, I've, I've worked with people that, that have looked at the formation of fossil records. You know, what shells get destroyed and which ones pass through to be found in the present. I've worked with biologists thinking about how do you set water quality standards that, you know, for, for receiving waters. I've, I've worked with people in, Oh, in, in, in education, thinking about are there certain curriculum that's better than others? I've worked with people in occupational health about what's, what's the right kind of occupational exposure limits. I mean, so for me, that, that part of the job has been just a treat. And, I, and, and you know, I, I started out a little bit joking, saying talking to, to, talking to, to middle schoolers is, big, is, is a highlight. It really is a highlight. I mean, I, get, I love working with students. I love interacting with about what we do and why it's fun to do it. And uh, so, so I, I feel like I've been, been really blessed to have the, this kind of opportunity to work on lots of different things with lots of different kinds of people. I guess my favorite thing, at least right now, is um, so I'm I kind of in, well, I guess I'm in the management level. And so I, I don't get the time too much, unfortunately, to play with data, uh, you know, like I want to. But one of the things I've I've been able to do since I've been at the Bureau of Labor Statistics is to um, kind of forge relationships and networking with other um, agencies, uh, both in you know in the United States and around the world. So, kind of making those connections, um, you know, sharing information. Uh, one of the things I started was uh, an interagency our users group. So. Uh, you know, John was talking about the tools that we have available now. So there's a lot of open source software like R uh, that you could use for, for analyzing data. So you have you know, access to those. Um, so anyway, I guess the, uh, the to, to give you the short answer after I gave you the long answer um, <laughs> is uh, to be able to you know forge these connections and relationships so that we could. Uh, share information and learn from each other. So I guess that's what's kind of nice about, you know, talking to the both of you because, you know, I'm learning, uh, learning from both of you, believe it or not. So, <laughs> so Wendy, that, can I follow up with that? Just because you're a, you know, have you stopped learning, Wendy? No. Have, you know, are, is the practice of, of how you interact with data and how you interact with statistics and how you interact with computers the same as it was when you were when you were just starting out? No, no, it's, uh, yeah, we're always learning. I had a t-shirt one time that said, the truly educated never graduate. Oh. Yeah, and you can kind of, oh. 
Yeah, you could kind of interpret that in a couple ways. I interpreted it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I interpreted it as I'm always learning. And um, yes. So, so thank you, uh, Elena and Colin. You're welcome. Can Can I ask them a question? Sure. So I I want to know, you know, how did you get talked into doing this? <laughs> And, and and what and part of that is you you must, you're part of an um, an after school data kind of focused program is that right? Yes, yes sir. sir. So so what what is it that you know why did you sign up for that that kind of program with the data and then what what led you to think about gee I could could talk to these these stat these stat people about what they do what 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 attracted you to doing that? Well, I did this last year with Dr. Johnson. So I was already into it. So I don't think I had a choice. <laughs> I was always going to do it. Okay. Um, we were already learning about it after school. So when Dean Lopez asked me, I was like, okay, I'll just do it because we're already learning about it. Oh, that's good. So, so where do you see yourselves, you know, five years from now? What's your future going to look like five years from now? graduate and going off to school okay so you th you're gonna go off and you said nursing is something you were thinking about is that right yes sir all right how about you colin um athletics and then if that doesn't work out um i think i'll probably do life science that's probably what i'm most interested in right now no oh, that's great hey where's the stat part of it come on <laughs> well, there's 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 statistics in there. There's data right, in there. Right. You get, there's a double major. I know it. I know it. <laughs> Sports analyst that has statistics in it. Hey, I'm going to put a plug for stats and stories. You know, we had the uh, the the director of sports analytics for the Miami Dolphins as a guest. Did you know that? No, sir. Well, there you go. So you know, if you want to go, you could check it out. <laughs> and so, Latoya, can I ask you a question? How'd you get interested in data, and how do you use data in your work? Well, well um, so it's interesting. That's what I was saying earlier that prior to my new position, I was the, the dean here at Howard Bishop. And so, of course, I used a lot of data based on services of students' behavior intervention plans, um, looking at how we can decrease the um, behavior, looking at why the behavior is caused. And we also did a, um, a survey um, of what time of day we was having some of our most you know problems at the school so we realized that a lot of our problems happen right before lunch <laughs> right after lunch so we figured that they were probably hungry <laughs> and was just kind of you know ready to eat and then after lunch was excited because now they know they're closer to going home so we realized that you know a lot of our things that we need to look at as a school was geared around that time. So we made sure we had more supervision after those, you know, before and after lunch, because those things that we saw that the kids was kind of really just changing their personalities. That's the way to say it, changing their personalities. Um, but now as the director of the community partnership school, I live in the world of data now. We are constantly surveying, we are always studying data, we collect data daily. Um, even with the after school, we collected from the attendance, we collected from surveys, like when we have people in like Dr. Lee who speaks to the kids, we kind of collect after that to see what they did at this light. Um, and Changemakers itself, the program itself is data driven. And it has been so successful. This is our second year having it here at our Bishop, and we're just so excited that um, Dr. Linda and her team, Beatrice, 
and all of them have just came and just really have changed the face of after school. But some of the students here, you know, in the in the school itself about data, like it really introduced us to a whole nother world. And I can even just say, even culturally speaking, as an African-American, you know, you hear about things in the community, but now I'm able to have conversation with people on, on a different level of how the, how the information gets there. Because kids are always asking you, like, how do you know that? Or kids are always asking you, like, um, you know, for example, like, well, how do you know that that's not a safe neighborhood to live in? So now being able to say, look at the data and what this mean is, you know, look at the crime rate report, look at how the community see the crime rate report. So even having this conversation, not only here at the school, but having it locally at my church in the community. And I didn't realize, like I said to you earlier, how much data plays a role in our day-to-day -day life. Like you think about, even I said to Elena earlier um, about how data, affect us we had a conversation on friday and i thought she was going to bring it up maybe she wasn't comfortable but just being you know a woman being a woman you know and having to look at jobs and you know relationships and how we may be treated fair or unfair or however you may see it you know and i was just telling her you know that's data like you don't realize that it, it impacts you you know and i've talked about census a little bit and why it's important to do the census because it also shows data to bring in these in your community. And also, um, I think Wendy said it earlier, sometimes you need to know what you don't need to know what you do need. And so that's my spill on data. So I'm really excited about it. I'm starting to learn more about it. I like the opportunity of being able to even have conversations with um, people such as yourself, John and Wendy, um, because it is so important. I'm getting really more into it. And I never thought in my latter years I would just be driven by the data and interested and then in statistics, because statistics was not my favorite subject in college. I kind of just started and got through the program. <laughs> but now I'm realizing how important it is to to use it. And I'm constantly even doing it with my I have a six-year-old daughter, and I'm constantly even doing things where I'm polling her on things and having her to uh, it was funny the other day we was talking about um a little personal story about um how do you know you do things right and so um my mom like the older women in my family my mom uh, they all have passed so it's only like me and my sister so you know sometimes you have that living relative you can go back and kind of check and say am i doing this right so i asked my daughter a question i was like do you think i'm doing a really good job as your mom and she was like, yeah. So she asked me, she said, I feel like you're giving me a test. Why do you ask me that question? And I was like, because I need the data. So she was like, what do you need the data for? And I was like, to know if I'm not doing it right. So then we had a whole conversation about data. So she began to tell me how she was, um, they had the vote to go outside and the teacher was asking everybody who wanted to go outside. And she said to me, she was like, is that data? And I was like, yeah, that's a form of data. That's an informal way of her asking. And so the most of the kids who agreed, then you was gonna go with that decision. So having that conversation at a later date, she was talking to my husband and she told my husband, she asked him a question about something. And he was like, okay. And he asked her something like, why did she ask her something? And she was like, I just need the data. So now, <laughs> referencing everything in the data now but it's true you know you don't think it like that but especially when you're in it and I'm pretty sure for you guys you live it but you are constantly looking at the data and it's probably a little different in your in your in your mind because you're constantly looking at it so when you you know you look at a traffic light 
And you know, you're thinking on a whole other level, like why that traffic light is here, how I got here. As for the rest of us, it's like, oh my God, I hate this traffic light, it's so long. But you know the data behind it. And probably the statistics of why that traffic light is where it's at, you know. So that's my spill on data. I think you brought up a really good point that that sometimes people think uh, data might just be numbers uh, or um, I don't know education level or, or what have you or race ethnicity but there's a lot of other types of data out there that we normally don't think of as being data and I and I think what you your conversation with your daughter really uh, illustrated that that well and i think that's fantastic you said she's six years old yeah my sister told me she said it's gonna backfire one day she's gonna say something to you like well the data says that you said <laughs> and you're gonna be like <laughs> stuck with it but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you also bring up a good point too about the um the the school program that you have which is that you know when you are trying to establish something like that or uh you know, expanded or what have you, that being able to have the data to show, you know, what's working, what's not working, and, you know, why it's good, uh, you know, to decision makers, then that uh, often helps you with, uh, you know, getting the decision you want, hopefully. Right, right, yeah. So, do you have any other questions for our panelists at this time? So, I would like to thank Wendy, John, and especially I'd like to thank Elena and Colin for taking time out in this new normal and um, your new day, because technically you guys are kind of in school, um, to spend time with us and to make this um, podcast happen. I really appreciate you. You represented Higher Bishop very well, so Mr. Gamble is going to be very proud of you and your peers. So good job for all of you. Um, so any lasting or leaving thoughts you want to end with or anything we want to say to to seal the conversation? We'll start with you, Colin. Any last words, last thoughts you want to say? Thank you guys for using your time to meet with us as well. Okay. Elena? Um, I just want to say thank you. Well, you're, you're welcome. I wanted to thank uh, everybody too because uh, I think this is the first ever podcast like this, right, John? So <laughs> innovators. <laughs> yes. All right. Well thank you again. Yeah. Oh, I we were very excited. And I'd I'd like to you got this is awesome. So we'd like to thank we'd like to thank the leadership of Latoya for for step you know Ms. Lopez for for stepping up and, and helping to coordinate this. And Elena and Colin, thank you so much for being here. I mean, you, this is this is a new standard for stats and stories to have have you have young people providing the leadership as a as the interviewers here. You 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 were pretty tough interviewers, and I hope we survived it okay. The uh, Stats and Stories is a production of Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media Journalism and Film and the American Statistical Association. You can follow us on Twitter or Apple Podcasts or other places you can find podcasts. To share your thoughts on the program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out on statsandstories.net and be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories where we discuss the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.